shoes It's Jesus in the everyday me and you The Good News in Shoes This is the Good News Station WCNO Palm City The Bible is not the book of a month It is the book of the ages. For sound biblical truth, listen to Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers, celebrating 20 years of broadcast ministry. Listen to Love Worth Finding at 8.30 a.m. and p.m. Monday through Friday on the Good News Station, WCNO. Godfrey Electric is a fourth-generation, full-service electrical contractor serving St. Lucie, Martin, Palm Beach, and Broward counties. Godfrey Electric specializes in industrial, commercial, and residential electrical service work. Godfrey Electric, an underwriter of the WCNO ministry, is available on the web at www.godfreyelectric.com or at 561-833-3753. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. It doesn't matter how much you surround yourself with stuff. It doesn't matter how many things you buy. It doesn't matter how many drugs you do. You can forget for a few minutes what you're living in and the mess that you're in. But you can never, ever, ever silence the voice of frustration. It's always there nagging. Frustration. I know there's got to be more than where I am right now. I know there's got to be something different than the way I'm living right now. I know there's got to be more. If this all there is, I don't want it. How many ever said that to yourself? What's this Christian walk all about? Because it just has become dull to me. If this is all there is. I don't want it. There's got to be more. I haven't received everything there is. Surely there's something else that God has for me. Surely there's more that God has for me. Some of you in here this morning, you've thought that. You said, there's got to be another day. There's got to be a better day. There's got to be a better possibility in my life. Another place, another thing. There's got to be something else beyond where I am right now. Listen, if that's you, listen to me. Well, you might have been able to put a smile on and let everybody else think that you're okay, but on the inside, when your head hits that pillow at night and you haven't been able to silence that voice of frustration, it'll just continue to babble on to you through the night. It'll keep you awake, make you toss and turn. It'll remind you that you're not living up to your potential. You haven't arrived at the place of your destiny. Your promise hasn't begun to manifest. Listen to me. I came to tell you, I don't know where you've been living, but if you, if you will trust in the word of faith, if you will step out of the cycle of dysfunction by faith, God will break the cycle of dysfunction and frustration over your life. He's about to break some of your frustrations that have held you back, some of the contempt that you've had for your own life, some of the negative thinking that you've been cycling in where you don't think you're good enough, you'll never amount to anything. That stuff will be broken off of your life. Now faith by faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith. Whoa, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Somebody say the same spirit of faith. It's the same spirit. 
Come on, amen. He's talking about the same spirit of faith that all the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 have. The same spirit of faith. He's saying the faith that David had, the faith that Moses had, the faith that people who were knocked down but they got back up had, the faith of people that stood in an arena while lions ripped them apart. He said it's the same spirit of faith, the faith, the same people that went through setback after setback after setback, but then God had a big victory in their life. It's the same spirit of faith. He said we've got the same spirit of faith. It's not a different one. In Hebrews chapter 11, he begins to talk about all kinds of people. He doesn't talk about their ethnicity. He doesn't talk about their race. He doesn't talk about whether or not they're the same gender. They don't have the same financial background or whether they went to the same kind of school or whether they spoke the same kind of language or the same educational background. He just begins Hebrews 11 by saying this, by faith, hallelujah, by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, he preserved his family. By faith, Abraham left, not knowing where he was going. By faith, Moses forsook the temple of Pharaoh. By faith, Daniel. By faith, Joshua. By faith, somebody shout by faith. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. I don't care what's on your resume. If it doesn't say by faith, you ain't getting there. I don't care if you got five PhDs with an asterisk. He just goes through about 20 verses of talking about people that the Bible calls heroes of faith and he doesn't tell us anything about their resume. Doesn't tell us anything about their bank account. Doesn't tell us anything about how they were trained or where they came from, how many problems they went through or how they suffered. He just says their resume is made up of two words, by faith. By faith. How'd you do it, Daniel? By faith. How'd you do it, David? By faith. How'd you do it, Samson? By faith. Rahab, how'd you get out of that mess? By faith. How'd you make it, Joseph? By faith. Abraham, how'd you get that baby when you was 100 years old? By faith, baby. Hmm. Noah, how'd you build an ark in the middle of a wilderness? By faith. Somebody say, by faith. How'd you do it? I did it by faith. How'd you get there? I did it by faith. How'd you get up this morning? I did it by faith. How'd you get over the tears? I did it by faith. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Can I, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, they're going to say, how did you do it? How did you do it? And you're not going to have to whip out your big five-page letter resume with all your references of people that tell how good of a person you are. You're just going to look at them and say, I did it by faith. I did it by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. I've come to tell somebody your faith is greater. Your faith is greater than your mountain. Your faith is greater than your disease. Your faith is greater than your lack. It's greater than your poverty. It's the same spirit of faith. Come on, somebody shout. It's greater than your valley. It's greater than your obstacles. It's by faith. He says in verse 13, and since we have... And since we have, and since we have, how I many you know that means it's not something we're trying to get? It's not something we're trying to obtain. We got it, huh? I said we got it. Everybody in this room has the same spirit of faith. If you're full of fear, you got faith. Come on now. Because fear is nothing more than faith that has a negative focus. Come on, it's just, it's just working in the opposite direction. 
I just keep being afraid I'm going to lose it all. Well, what's that? It's faith focusing on the negative direction. I'm just afraid my kids are going to grow up and use drugs. That's faith in a negative direction. Well, I'm just afraid the ministry ain't going to make it. That's faith in a negative direction. Well, I don't know what we're going to do. That's faith in a negative direction. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? How many of you here drove here in a car this morning? Everybody, nobody walked to church, did they? Drove in a car. Now, I didn't look at every car in the parking lot, but most of you, when you got in your car this morning, you didn't sit out in your car for 15 minutes and pray in tongues before you turned the key, did you? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It started. Huh? You just had faith. You just assumed by faith that that thing was going to operate the way it was supposed to operate. And when you turned the key, it was going to start parking the battery. It was going to turn the engine over. And that thing was going to start because you had gas in it. You know, that's faith. Huh? How I many know when we got here this morning and we came in at 8 o'clock to start praying over the service this morning that we didn't walk up to the light switch and come in here in the dark and look at the light switch and start praying in the name of Jesus. I command power and light to come on. Oh, God, give us faith for these lights. I mean, that's not what we did. We just flipped the switch. Oh, come on now. Walked in, flipped the switch, the lights come on. We walked by. That's faith. I knew it was going to come on. See, the problem is, is that we've got faith for electricity and we've got faith for our car to start more often than we got faith in God. Amen. No, I just dropped a bombshell on some of you and you're sitting there going, what did he just do to me? Huh? Because, you know why? Because we can trust what we see, but we are moved by what we don't see. Hmm? But ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. What we don't see is more real than what you do see. It's more real because how many of you know the invisible world is more real than the world that we live in? And I know that because the world we live in is consumed in time, but the invisible world is eternal. This world is passing away. Hmm? Somebody say, now faith. Watch this. We have the same spirit of faith. I don't have decaffeinated faith. Or I don't have faith light. Come on. I have the same spirit of faith. Everybody okay with that? How many of you believe this morning you got the same spirit of faith? Who he's quoting here is he's quoting David. We have the same spirit of faith according to what it was written. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. We also believe, therefore we speak. Faith has two elements. Somebody say two elements. Believing and speaking. The spirit of faith has two elements. Believing and speaking. I know this, every time I talk about this, people start thinking, he's, oh, he's moving into that word of faith. He's one of them faith preachers. He's just, oh, I can't, too much word for me. Them people are a little bit off. They say it like you're from Texas. They're off. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, listen, let me ask you this. What's the alternative? Being a, a fear and doubt preacher? Yeah, I'm a faith preacher. Come on, somebody. He just wants to talk about health and wealth. Well, I'd rather talk about health and wealth than death and poverty. Amen. Well, I'll die. Cancer's got me. Just, please play that song at my funeral. Which one? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. 
Religion will try to convince you to lower your expectations to the realm of your experience. I'm going to try it again. Religion will try to get you to lower your expectations to the realm of your experience rather than rise your expectation to the level of your promise. See, faith wants you to rise up to the promise. Religion wants you to hunker down to your experience. That's why there ain't no miracles happening in the church today. Everybody's lowering their expectations to their experience. Come on. Religion tells you don't get too excited because you might get disappointed. You don't, you know, not everybody gets healed. Not everybody gets it. Religious people, even when you begin to confess your faith, religious people will begin to tell you, you better not say that. Don't pray over that guy in a wheelchair to get up and walk because he might not get up and walk. Then you're going to be disappointed and you're going to look foolish. Huh? What if it don't happen? You're going to look foolish. And you're going to put God on the spot. Well, I got a question for you. What if it does happen? Huh? Come on now. When the enemy does that, he succeeds in silencing us he succeeds in getting you to close your mouth from what your heart is telling you to do amen how many know that if you look in front of your bible it will point you to the back of the original manuscripts that were written in english in 1611 come on if you got a king james it always no matter what version you have it goes back to the original king james manuscript when king james made a decree that the word of god was to be written so that every person that wanted to believe in jesus could have their own bible up until that point it was only written in latin and it was written on parchment paper and common people didn't have a bible right. half of them didn't understand latin so when you'd go to church to get prayed for all you heard was a whole bunch of i don't know what they said but it was holy Huh? Watch this. There was a time when the word was only spoken because it had never been written. I mean, Peter didn't have a Bible. Oh, some of y'all look like I shell-shocked you. Peter didn't carry a New Testament in his front pocket. Huh? He was living it. He was Holy Ghost in it. He went with the last direction from Jesus Christ. Go out and heal the sick, preach the gospel, raise up dead people, and make the lame to walk and the blind to see. That's what I want you to do, and that's what he did. Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday, 